Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Last week, we tackled the key of B major, focusing on harmonic development. This week, we continue our exploration of the key of B major, but do so melodically. So today, you are going to discover a key of B major melodic workout. And you're going to learn how to think within the key of B major melodically. And you're going to play the modes of the key of B major using ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion, launching from various entry points, the root, the third, the fifth, the seventh. And you're going to play melodic lines over the 2-5-1 progression in the key of B major using various rhythms common to jazz, focusing primarily on 16th note pairs. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you consider yourself a seasoned and experienced professional, you're going to find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring a key of B major melodic workout to be very beneficial. But before we jump in, I want to, as I do at the beginning of every Jazz Panel Skills podcast episode, I want to welcome all new listeners. And if you are indeed new to Jazz Panel Skills, I want to welcome you and personally invite you to become a Jazz Panel Skills member. All you have to do to become a member Visit jazzpianoskills.com, and once you arrive at the homepage, you can begin to explore the abundance of jazz educational resources, the materials and services that are available for you to use to help you significantly improve your jazz piano skills. For example, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to all of the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs that I develop and produce and make available for every weekly podcast episode. Now, these are invaluable educational tools that you certainly want to have in your hands as you listen to the podcast episode. You certainly want to have sitting on your piano as you're practicing as well. You also, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, have access to the sequential jazz piano curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses. Now, this is an online curriculum that uses a self-paced format. There are educational talks, interactive media. There are video demonstrations uh, in all 12 keys of the jazz piano skills being taught. There are play-alongs, and there are much more. So check out the sequential jazz piano curriculum. You also, as a jazz piano skills member, have, I like I like to say, a, a reserved seat in to the online weekly masterclasses, which, which are in essence a one-hour online lesson with me each and every week. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online interactive fake book. This gives you access to jazz standards from the Great American Songbook. You can enjoy chord changes lead sheets. There are harmonic function lead sheets, play-along files, historical insights, inspirational recordings, chord scale relationships, and much more. It's an ever-growing collection of tunes that you should absolutely discover, learn, and play. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online private Jazz Piano Skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums. There are podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, there are general Jazz Piano forums for you to enjoy as well. And of course, since you have access to all these forums, you will be able to contribute to them as well, which I encourage you to do, right? Share, engage, and grow. That is the whole purpose of the Jazz Piano Skills community. And last but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support provided by me whenever and as often as you need it. So, Take a moment, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the wonderful educational opportunities that await you and how to activate your membership. Now, 
There are several membership plans to choose from, and I am quite certain there is one that is perfect for you. But nevertheless, if you if you get there and if you have some questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Please let me know. I'm always happy to spend time with you, answer any questions that you may have, and to help you in any way that I can. Okay. Let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's get after this key of B major melodic workout. In January, we tackled the key of C major, right? Started out very first month of the year. We tackled C major harmonically. And then we followed that harmonic workout in the key of C major with a melodic workout. Then in February, we jumped into the key of F major We looked at it harmonically, and then we followed it up with a melodic workout as well. When we we got to March, we explored the key of B-flat major harmonically, and then we followed that with the key of B-flat major melodic workout. April, we followed the same format, right? We embraced the key of E-flat major harmonically, followed followed it up with the key of E-flat major melodic workout. Of course, in May, we continued our workouts with the key of A-flat major harmonically, followed by the key of A-flat major melodically. June, we we spent diving into the key of D-flat major harmonically and melodically. And then last month in July, we tackled the ever-fearful key of G-flat major both ways, right? Harmonically and melodically. So this month, the month of August, we continue marching forward with our workouts uh, with the key of B major. And last week we did a key of B major harmonic workout, which means today, with much excitement, of course, we proceed with our key of B major melodic workout. Now, I have mentioned mentioned this on several occasions that even though we devote a lot of time and energy to these harmonic and melodic workouts, which we should absolutely be doing. The reality is that harmony and melody without rhythm remain simply stationary or static sounds. The bottom line is this. Melody and harmony need rhythm. Without rhythm, melody and harmony are simply not very musical. And this is precisely why every harmonic and melodic workout includes various rhythmic skills, various rhythmic patterns for you to study and for you to practice. Again, the idea is that rhythm must be applied to harmony and melody if you truly want to develop professional jazz piano skills. Now, those of you who have been faithfully doing the various harmonic and melodic workouts since the start of the new year know that We started on a mission with the key of C major, and we are making our way around the circle of fifths, counterclockwise, of course, with the goal of by the end of the year, having successfully spent quality time with all 12 keys. Additionally, as we move around the circle of fifths throughout the year, we we will gradually increase the intensity and complexity of our rhythmic application to both harmony and melody. Moving through and experiencing all 12 keys is is absolutely essential. I tell students all the time, if you want to become more comfortable with the key of C, then practice in the key of F. And if you want to get more comfortable with the key of F, practice in the key of B flat. And if you want to get more comfortable with the key of B flat, practice in the key of E-flat, and so on. My point is that we get better in all keys when we strategically and continually move through all keys. Now, there is some misguided thinking out there which, with regards to playing in all 12 keys that many jazz students have expressed to me over the past 30 years and continue to express to me that goes something like this. I don't need to practice in all 12 keys because I don't see many tunes, really. i got to be honest with you. I don't see many tunes written in the key of G flat or B or E. So why do I need to spend time practicing in those keys when in reality I will more likely be playing in keys like C and F, B flat? 
I'll never play in those keys. Now, I know none of y'all have ever had any of those thoughts, of course, right? So at the risk of preaching to the choir here, I just want to say that thinking is wrong. It's just so off base. Now, why this thinking is so skewed, it's whacked, because with a casual glance at practically any jazz standard, one notices right away the tunes weave in and out of various key centers. For example, just last month, we studied the great jazz standard by Duke Ellington, Satin Dow. Now, of course, we did it in the key of G-flat major. And, and what did we discover? We discovered that by the end of the first eight measures, we were dipping our toes into eight different key centers, primarily the keys of G-flat, E-flat, D-flat, C. And with the turnaround added, at the end of the first eight measures, we had to navigate through four additional keys, B, B-flat, A, and A-flat. Now, <laughs> I think this is kind of funny, right? Because everybody thinks the Satin Dow is kind of a cute little song that, that every jazz teacher gives to every beginning jazz student. And what's ironic about that is that this is not a simple tune because it moves through so many different key centers. In fact, it's very challenging if you, if you want to actually play it correctly. So I could give example after example of these shifting key center, centers in standards. So the, so the point is just simply this. We, we must learn how to play in all 12 keys. We must become comfortable with the various shapes and sounds in all 12 keys. We must have a command of the shapes and sounds in all 12 keys, harmonically and melodically. Because when we play standards, when we play jazz literature, you're going to be weaving in, weaving in and out of all 12 keys at some point. You just cannot avoid it. Now, with all that being said, do not make the mistake of thinking that one key must be mastered before moving on to the next key. This is also a common misconception, which produces a very, very slow practice approach that produces minimal results and actually impedes your musical growth. I've stated this before as well, that based on years of teaching experience, the rhythmic dimension of music is actually the main stumbling block for most students. And when it comes to playing rhythms, most students find themselves guessing at how rhythms are supposed to be played. And the truth is that if you are guessing at rhythm, your internal sense of time is going to be way off. And if your internal time is off, your playing is off. <laughs> right? Your playing is just simply not good. This is why you have to make a personal commitment to practicing rhythm, which is practicing time. You have to practice rhythm, time, harmonically, as we do in our harmonic workouts. And you have to practice rhythm, time, melodically, as we do in our melodic workouts. And ironically, rhythm, time, is the most important aspect of music and is discussed and practiced the least. And this is precisely why most people have difficulty becoming an accomplished jazz musician. I cannot begin to tell you how many students that I have taught over the years who come to me with solid melodic and harmonic technique. They have an exceptional understanding of voicings and chord scale relationships, improvisational approaches, but yet they struggle to play jazz. Why? And the answer is rhythm. They are rhythmically deficient, so their time is all over the map. So my goal with these strategic harmonic and melodic workouts is to help you develop sufficient harmonic and melodic jazz piano skills and to make sure that you gain a proficient understanding of rhythm and as a result, a, develop a solid internal sense of time. Last week with our key of B harmonic workout, 
I introduced rhythms focusing primarily on 16th note pairs. Today, we're going to follow that same game plan, the application of rhythmic ideas melodically, focusing primarily on the 16th note pairs. But as always, I want to stress the importance of doing the entire key of B major melodic workout and not just simply jump to the last lead sheet in your podcast packet, Skill 25, to attack the melodic rhythms. Now, why? Why do I voice this warning? Because you have to have a functional command of your scales, your arpeggios, right, in the key of B major before you can begin applying rhythm to them. As I like to say, you have to bake a cake before you can decorate the cake. So remain disciplined and spend time with skills 1 through 24 before tackling skill 25. So you will find in your lead sheet packet, podcast packet, as you did with our last four melodic workouts, the key of C, F, B flat, E flat, A flat, D flat, G flat, all 24 skills laid out for you. So let's do just a quick review. Skills one through four, explore the modes ascending from root position, first, second, and third inversion. Skills five through eight, modes descending, again, in root, first, second, and third inversion. Skills nine through 12, we turn our attention to the arpeggios ascending root position plus the first, second, and third inversion. And skills 13 through 16, arpeggios again, but descending this time from root position, first, second, and third inversions. Now, skill 17, 251 progression using ascending scale motion from root, third, fifth, and seventh entry points, starting on the two chord. Skill 18, 251 progression descending using scale motion, again with entry points of the root, third, fifth, and seventh from the two chord. Skill 19, we, we stick with the 251 progression, but now apply ascending arpeggio motion from the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh. We also, in skill 20, explore the 251 progression using descending arpeggio motion and again with our entry points of the root third fifth and seventh from the two chord skill 21 expands our harmonic motion our harmonic progression to now include the three and the six chord so we have our three six two five one progression using ascending scale motion with entry points from the root third fifth and seventh from the two chord Skill 22, 3, 6, 2, 5, 1 progression using descending scale motion with our entry points always being the root, third, fifth, and seventh uh, launching from the two chord. I mean, from the three chord, I should say. Sorry, on, we're all launching from the three chord on these 3, 6, 2, 5, 1 progressions. And then skill 23, we stick with the 3, 6, 2, 5, 1 ascending arpeggio motion entry points root third fifth and seventh from the three chord and then skill 24 three six two five one descending arpeggio motion entry points root third fifth and seventh launching from the three chord okay that is a lot that is a lot of information to process conceptually that is a lot of information to process of course physically but after you have thoroughly completed your workout, skills 1 through 24, then you can turn your attention to playing skill 25, which challenges you with 12 melodic lines using various rhythmic patterns with a focus being placed on 16th note pairs. Okay, so the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one, we are going to explore the key of B major melodically. And number two, we are going to play 12 melodic ideas using ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion. Number three, all melodic ideas will be applied 
to our 2-5-1 progression today in the key of B major. In other words, C-sharp minor 7 going to F-sharp dominant 7 going to B major 7. Number 4, all melodic lines will be played using a relaxed bossa groove of 85. In fact, it's the same groove that we used last week with our key of B major harmonic workout. In number five, all melodies, I will be playing all melodies using a single note right hand melodic treatment with uh, supported with shells, left hand shells, uh, shells in my left hand. Okay. So before we go any further, if you are a jazz piano skills member, I want you just to take a few minutes right now, as always, to download and print your podcast packets, the illustrations and the lead sheets. Now, you have access, again, you, as a member, you have access to all of these podcast packets, and you should absolutely be using them when listening to this podcast episode. And, of course, you should be using them when practicing. So if you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, etc., then be sure to go to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download your podcast packets. And you will find the download links in the show notes. And one final but extremely important note that I mention every week. If you are listening right now, and if you are thinking that the key of B major melodic workout that we, with the various skills that we are about to discover, learn, and play, if you are thinking that this content is over your head, then I would say to you, relax, sit back, and continue to listen. Just continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by listening to this podcast episode. Keep in mind, now, all skills, right? Think about this. All skills are over our heads when first introduced, and that is precisely why the first step we always need to take the very first step that we need to take to improve our musicianship is to simply sit back and listen. So do not shy away from these conversations that may be discussing foreign topics or using unfamiliar terms, right? Stepping outside of our musical comfort zone is what actually spawns our musical growth. Now, as you all have heard me say a million times, all musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs, physically, in your hands. So sit back, relax, and listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and learn. The play will come in time. It always does. I guarantee it. Okay, so now that you have skill 25 from your lead sheets packet in front of you, I want to walk us through all 12 melodic lines, and I'm going to play each line, but I'm going to point out some characteristics of each of the lines as well. So let's start with letter A. So you'll notice that all 12 lines are, are labeled A through L. So letter A, right away, right? What do we see? We have our eighth to 16th note pattern that we were introduced to in our harmonic workout last week. And we got a, you know, little eighth note there on the backside of count two in measure one. We use that same, that same rhythmic motif in measure two, right? The eighth to 16th note pair, uh, followed by a, a single eighth note on the end of two. But then look at measure three. We have some triplets going on, descending triplets all the way through measure three and measure four. But look at count two in measure four. That rhythm changes. So the, the challenge here, you, you're playing these descending triplets, but then that line ends with the eighth to sixteenth note combination. So it's easy to actually end up playing that as a triplet, which it is not. Okay, so so let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take a listen to this first. I encourage you to clap, tap, right? You do not have to actually be playing these right now just as you're listening, but you certainly can tap these rhythms as I'm playing them, kind of preparing yourself for when you go to the piano to play them, you've already done some 
uh, preliminary work here. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take a listen and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. You know, I mentioned it last week. The challenge, you know, this eighth note followed by two sixteenth note, this rhythmic uh, pattern, this rhythmic idea is a challenge because a lot of times if we're not careful, we end up playing it like a triplet and it's not. There's a very big difference between the triplet and the single eighth connected to two sixteenth notes. So throughout these rhythms, I'm going to try to create uh, patterns and lines that help you develop uh, develop the difference, being able to play, successfully play the difference between these two rhythmic ideas, okay? So now let's take a look at letter B. Letter B, we, we start off with a, a rhythm that we've had in the past as well, the eighth-quarter-eighth combination. We have some eighth notes then with uh, tied... A tie between counts two and I mean, I'm sorry, between counts three and four, and then we have an eighth quarter eighth combination again in in uh, measure two. Then in measure three, we have our our eighth two sixteenth note pattern again that's showing up. So we have some tied notes to to deal with in this in this line, but we have that really familiar eighth quarter eighth pattern to 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 deal with as well. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Let's see what we think. Here we go. Very nice. So now let's take a look at letter C. Letter C starts with a ascending line of triplets, right? Followed by, look at measure two. Now we have our 16th notes, our 16th note pair followed by an eighth note. So now our, that rhythmic pattern is, is flipped, right? The 16th notes are on the front side as opposed to being on the back side. So we have a descending line in measure three and four that is utilizing this 16th note pair followed by an eighth note right with a quarter rest in between and then we have an eighth rest in measure three we have an eighth rest on count two which places our very last note on the back side of count two so some little tricky um, rhythmic ideas to deal with here in letter c so let's bring the ensemble in 
and let's take a listen to letter C and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. gaining a command of these 16th note pairs where they fall on the back side of an eighth note or they f are placed on the front side of an eighth note. Getting comfortable with this rhythmic idea and being able to uh, move from one to the other, right? Moving from with the eighth note followed by two 16th notes or two 16th notes followed by an eighth note. Both of these, both of these rhythmic ideas are very important to get a command of and to become comfortable with. And hopefully these 12 melodic lines will help you do just that. So now let's take a look at letter D. Right away you can say, wow, measure one, everything's happening on, on the upbeat, on the offbeat, or the backside of count one, count two, count three, and count four. Followed by an ascending, an ascending melodic idea utilizing the eighth to sixteenth note pair pattern ascending and then we have a descending line happening in measure three that flips flips that uh, that pattern right where the 16th note pairs now are on the front side of the eighth note so you got them now you got them measure two and measure three you're just going from one one melodic idea or rhythmic idea and flipping it in measure three as well so all right so this is this is a little tricky so let's bring it let's bring in the ensemble and let's take a lesson here we go third of the way through and you can already see that you know these rhythmic ideas are not easy right? they're not easy so be patient this is why the temple we're playing it at, at a comfy temple uh, today uh, as we did last week with the harmonic uh, with our harmonic workout because these rhythms are important to be able to uh, start incorporating 16th notes into our lines harmonically and melodically and to be able to do so with uh, mixing it with our triplets our eighth note triplets our quarter note triplets and and our various patterns like the eighth quarter eighth or the dotted quarter eighth which is all of these patterns are within these lines here today so this is this is big time stuff that we have to get a command of. So be patient, be patient. And again, I can't encourage you enough to spend some time 
clapping through these rhythms or tapping through these rhythms on your desk or kitchen table, right? Uh, before you play them, or when you do go to play them, use, use a single note, right? Uh, uh, you can play them just rhythmically first using a single note, then apply the melodic line uh, to um, to the to the line. OK, so. All right. So let's let's march on. Let's take a look at letter E. We have our dotted quarter eighth pattern that we have to deal with. We have some tied notes to deal with. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's just take a listen and uh, see what we have to deal with here. So check it out. Here we go. Some other things to pay attention to as we play through these rhythms. When you analyze these and look at these rhythmic lines and these melodic lines, you know, pay attention to when scale motion is being used or when arpeggio motion is being used. What note is the uh, musical phrase being resolved on? Um, are there melodic ideas that are being repeated? Um, from one measure to the next measure to the next measure, as we just did in letter E, right? Same kind of melodic idea over the two chord, over the five chord, over the one chord. So those are the types of things that will help you develop your jazz vocabulary is being aware of the motion, the ascending, descending motion. When it, when it is, when does it occur? Is, um, is it, are we using scale motion, arpeggio motion? What notes are we resolving? Uh, re resolving on these these type of characteristics of a jazz line is what will help you develop your jazz lines so understanding these dimensions uh, how a line is constructed if you're looking at whether you're looking at these lines or a transcription uh, same same process applies right pay attention to the nitty-gritty the underneath the hood kind of stuff that that uh, the architectural structure of the line okay it's, it goes it goes way beyond I guess what I'm saying it goes way beyond just knowing the notes there's a lot more to it than just the notes all right so let's look at letter F and right away wow here comes some quarter note triplets not only in count one but count two I mean measure one measure two and measure three we have quarter note triplets to deal with followed by 16th note pairs <laughs> right measure one 16th note pair eighth note measure two another 16th note pair followed by eighth note wow this should be fun so let's bring the ensemble in let's take a listen here we go
Okay, buckle up your seatbelt because take a look at letter G, right? We don't come in on count one and two and measure one. We don't come in on counts one and two and measure two. We don't come in or play anything on counts one and two and measure three, right? You've heard me say this before. The hardest thing for a jazz piano player to do is to play nothing, <laughs> right? And that's what we have to do. We have to play nothing for counts one and two and come in on counts three and four. And we follow this same process in measure one and measure two and, and in measure three. So we have our eighth to 16th note pairs in measure one. We have our eighth and 16th note pairs in measure two. And then in measure three, all of a sudden that, that, that switches, we have ascending triplets to deal with. So you should be able to hear a difference between these rhythmic motifs, right? Between the eighth to 16th note pair and the trip eighth note triplet. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter G. Here we go. This will, letter G will test your ability to track time when you're playing nothing and to be able to come in at the appropriate time after playing nothing. So letter G can be a little tricky. Have fun with it. Okay. So take a look at letter H. All right. So we have an eighth note triplet there in, in measure one, followed by two back-to-back -back quarter note triplets. And then we have our classic eighth to 16th note pair again to deal with in measure three. All right, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter H. Here we go. Now, letter I, right? Letter I is interesting because we are playing a rhythmic idea that is stationary, right? Look at measure one. It's stationary. In other words, it's, it's all being executed on a single note for counts one and two. And we do the same thing in measure two. Same rhythmic idea is just being executed on one single note for counts one and two. But now look at measure three. We have 16th note pairs, not followed by an eighth note, but followed by an eighth rest. 
on counts one, two, and three, which may be a little tricky at first. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's take a listen and let's check out what we think about these rhythmic ideas being executed on a single note uh, before moving off of that idea, moving off of that note in measure one and two, followed by the 16th note pairs, followed by an eighth rest. Wow. Very fun. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Here we go. Like it i think it sounds fantastic so you know and i guess the bottom line is don't be afraid when you're, you're developing and working on your own jazz vocabulary do not be afraid to take a rhythmic idea and to play that rhythmic idea on a single note we always talk about ascending and descending motion i think we don't talk enough about just static motion or static movement we're just staying put stationary I guess is a, is a great word to use for that stationary ideas, right? So, okay, let's look at letter J nothing tricky really in measures one and two classic eighth note lines, typical of jazz, but now look at measures three and four. We have our eighth followed by two 16th note pairs followed by two 16th notes, a 16th note pair followed by the eighth note, right? So we have these two, rhythmic ideas that we have been toying with all day throughout this episode. Now we have both of those rhythmic ideas back to back, right? The eighth followed by two sixteenths connected to the two sixteenths followed by an eighth in measures three and measures four in measure four. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take a listen to letter J. Here we go. letter K. We only have two left. Onward to letter K. Well, we have, um, we've dealt with this before, right? Eighth notes on the back side of count one, count two, count three, and count four in measure one. And then we have our, you know, our eighth two sixteenth note pair line in measure two. And then the same idea repeated in measure three. So we should be pretty comfortable with, with this rhythmic, this little rhythmic motif by now, right? 
So let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to letter K. Here we go. Check it out. To our final melodic line today, letter L. And look at measure one, ascending triplets, right? On counts one, two, three, and four. Check out measure two, descending line using our eighth to sixteenth note motif all the way down. Check out measure three. We flip it. We have our two sixteenth note pair followed by eighth note ascending line all the way up. Letter L is going to test your ability to move in and out of these eighth note triplets into an eighth to sixteenth note pair rhythmic idea, into a two sixteenth note pair followed by eighth note rhythmic idea. Right? So you're going to be able to test your ability to how well you can articulate these various rhythmic motifs uh, and make them sound correct and not have them sound all exactly the same, which they should not be. Okay. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's take a listen to letter L and let's check it out and see what we think. Here we go. covered a lot again today in getting through all 12 of these melodic lines. Now, I didn't mention this at the beginning. I should have, but uh, I know you probably picked up on it pretty quick. I played each of these melodic lines four times through, right? I always put a 2-5-1 at the beginning, just playing harmonic movement at the beginning, and then again, harmonic movement at the end the last time through, right? But between the bookends, I played, each, I played each of these melodic lines four times, giving you an opportunity to digest them orally and then also giving you a nice opportunity to play along with me and repeat, repeat each melodic line several times, right? So I cannot stress enough. I just cannot stress enough how important it is that you spend time becoming familiar with these diatonic melodic shapes. Again, all these lines today we're 100% diatonic motion, right? Scales and arpeggios, all diatonic to the key of B major. 
And so having a command of these ascending and descending scale motion within the framework of a key, the modes, is a huge step, right, towards developing mature improvisation skills. And having a command of ascending and descending arpeggio motion outlining the harmonic shapes of a key is equally important. And then being able to apply the ascending and descending scale and arpeggio shapes of a key to common chord progressions within the key, such as the 2-5-1 progression, it's a big-time jazz piano skill that must be strategically studied and practiced if you are serious about becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. And that's exactly what we did today. It's exactly why we took the approach that we took today to actually gain a command of scale motion, arpeggio motion, rhythmically within the context of a 2-5-1 progression. So if you can combine today's workout, our key of B major melodic workout with last week's key of B major harmonic workout, you have an incredible combination that will have you well on your way to mastering the key of B major, right? And not only that, it will continue to solidify a practice blueprint for you that can be replicated in other keys, right? Which is exactly what we've been doing throughout this entire year, okay? Now, I said it every week. I say it every week, and I, I want to stress it again today that, you know, if you hang in there with me this year, and we're all, can you believe it? We're almost to the end of the year. But if you hang in there with me this year, you will experience a ton of jazz piano growth, and you will love where you are musically a year from now. I, I absolutely guarantee it. Not a year from now, but a year, at the end of the year is what I'm trying to say, right? You will love where you are musically. Okay, one final note. I mention this every week as well. Be patient, right? Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes time. Begin structuring your practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you today in this podcast episode. And I promise you, you will begin to see and you will begin to feel and hear your musical progress. All right? All right. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring a key of B major melodic workout to be insightful. And of course, I hope you have found it to be very beneficial. And don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass. That's 8 p.m. Central Time. To discuss this podcast episode lesson, exploring our key of B major melodic workout in greater detail. And, and of course, to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Likewise, I want you to be sure to check out the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs. I want you to use them, not only for this podcast lesson, but for every podcast lesson. And also check out the Jazz Piano Skills curriculum, the courses, to maximize your musical growth. And make sure that you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get out there, get involved, contribute to the various forums, and of course, make some new jazz piano friends. Always a great thing to do. Now, you can always reach me by phone, 972-380-8050. My extension is 211 here at the Dallas School of Music. Or you can reach me by email, Dr. Lawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or you can use the nifty little speak pipe widget that is found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy your key of B major melodic workout. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.